0: Hello there, and welcome to the Racing Home podcast, brought to you by Women in Racing and Simply Racing, with support from the Racing Foundation and Kindred Group. I'm Naomi Mella, an equine vet and podcast producer, and in this podcast, we're talking about work and family. It's challenging being a parent, whoever you are and whatever you do, and it's particularly challenging being a parent when you work in horse racing. It's 24-7, 365 days a year. So how can we best help people manage being both great parents and valued members of the racing family? Following the Racing Home Research Project, in this podcast we'll be exploring ideas around parenthood and career progression, and how to do things differently. I'll be talking to trainers, jockeys, physiotherapists, and a host of the sport's experts and decision makers about their experiences, their stories, and how together we can shape a positive future for all families in horse racing. We're bringing down the curtain on Racing Home 2022 with a pair of absolutely cracking women today as we discuss navigating your role in life, whether that's as a mother, a wife, a single parent or someone without kids, someone who works or someone who doesn't. Whatever you choose, it's about how you find satisfaction in the life that you've carved out for yourself. How do you tread the path that others expect of you and that you expect of yourself? In the case of my two guests today, part of their role is as the wife, or the bloody wife as Alice neatly calls it, to a successful man. Alice Plunkett will need no introduction to most of you as she graces our television sets most weekends through the winter as part of the team at ITV Racing. Al remains the only woman to have ridden round badminton horse trials and the national fences at Aintree, and she has four children aged 8, 10, 16 and 17. Her husband is a guy who, in her words, is really good at jumping jumps. That's Olympic three-day event at William Fox Pitt. And as well as all the horses, they have a farming business, holiday lets and working pupils from across the globe living on site with them. Leanne Pipe has worked in racing for almost 30 years and is a prominent part of the operation at Pond House in Somerset, home of previous winners of the Grand National Paddy Power Gold Cup the Hennessy Gold Cup and multiple races at the Cheltenham Festival. Leanne is married to trainer David Pipe and together they have three kids aged 6, 10 and 12, as well as around 90 horses in training and 45 staff in their team. It's pretty busy. Alice recently went down to Pond House with a camera crew from ITV Racing to feature the team there. And if you haven't seen this, I've popped a link in the show notes as it is well worth a watch and has had a brilliant response. It particularly highlights the work of the brilliant women who've been with Leanne and David for 20 years or more. Alice picks up the story from here.
1: I've seen what Leanne and David have done and, and um the pipes before for a number of years, and I've been trying to get ITV to come down and to Pond House to see it because What's so brilliant about um, Leanne and David is that how they manage their female staff is not to do with the Me Too project or because of the issues we are facing in the industry with staff. It's because they really value experience. And that doesn't matter what that body comes in, whether it's a mother or a a guy, whatever. And as a result, they've got 12 mature ladies who have been with you, haven't they, Leanne, from, from like 38 years. I think the least is 20 you've managed that work practice so brilliantly to empower them to feel that they really want to be part of your team and stay part of your team, even if that means the challenges of juggling a family and work life.
2: Yeah, Um, yeah, no, exactly that. It's like any walk of life, it's about give and take. And, you know, like you say, Al, it's the experience, but I don't know it's never been an issue with us somebody gets pregnant they they tend to they ride out for as long as they want to and then they work on the ground and you know the job sort of moves with them and that's just how it is um they choose when they want to go on their maternity leave and when they want to come back but generally they really want to come back quickly as you know (laughs) (laughs) To have a bit of me time. You know, even this morning I was there on the computer and one of the ladies, Tina, who's been here, she'd be a 30 plus one. And she came in, Oh, Leanne, I'm really sorry. I'm going to have to shoot off. School's rang. Neve's got a temperature. So I said, That's fine. You know, and she said, Oh, I think I got more in than I thought I could do because I've I've had a feeling they were going to ring me, but I've done my jobs. Perfect. To be honest, she's been here. She's done everything. You know, it's just. Just the way we do
1: it, but but Leanne, you've been involved in the industry for a really long time. I mean, you and I knew each other at Pat Murphy's, what thirty years ago? Yeah, nearly. Yeah. Why is it that what you're doing is an anomaly? Because when I was down with you doing this film for, for ITV, and the response to it has been phenomenal. I mean, literally phenomenal. And I've had messages from women going, "God, I wish that had been me." Or I gave up my racing dream when I had kids, or I'm so excited for my daughter because this maybe means that she won't have to give up her racing dream. But it is an anomaly. And I and it's interesting as to why that is the case, because you can see immediately what this relationship brings to both sides. Yeah,
2: well, you know, I'm actually surprised that it is the way it is. You know, somebody said to me the other day that, you know, again, somebody that worked in racing and then became pregnant and they were told by the employer um, yes there's a job for you if you can do the hours you did prior well we know that's not possible Um, and then somebody else contacted me after the interview we did who works for another yard and she said I hope my employer treats me as well as you do I'm really worried about it and she's actually due in a few weeks time you know for me I think that should all be cleared up From the, you know, you find out you're pregnant, you tell your employer and you say, right, what this is, you know, and make a plan of what's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. It's really strange.
1: This isn't a sympathy vote. This isn't, oh, tricky women having babies. Oh, God. You know, it's, I know I will get my pound back. Yeah, exactly that. Leanne and David are running a very tight business. They are needing to make money. It's tricky to make money. There is value in those women for them. If you're being really harsh about it, you know, ultimately you wouldn't do it if it didn't work for you. But it works for you on a commercial level, and on a level with the horses, and on a level with bringing gravitas to the team and all those things. You know, so it's not it's not like oh, it's such a happy camping place, and they're like just everybody walks in and out. This is like, you know, these are girls that work really hard, and like you said, you know, she'll have done the hour that she missed this morning, because she knows she's got to get her jobs done. She'll just wang through
2: it. Yeah, we we actually have a, like a little list by the um, riding out board. So each of the mums, what time they come in, what time they go, because obviously they're a bit different to the full-time staff. Actually, one of the mums came in the other day and we were short and she said, would it work if I came in at eight? Because her kids both are now at senior school. So she said, yeah, yeah, no, I'm done. And she said, oh, I don't want to be asking for an extra hour's work, but just for now. And I said, well, do you want this extra hour? And she's like, well, that would be great. And I was like, that's fine then, isn't it? You can have the extra hour. It's, you know, you've got these ready-made staff that know their job inside out. They have a child, so they learn plenty more skills Yeah, and they come back You and they, they know their job. you I, I don't know. It's not rocket science. I don't know why people don't do it. Your 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 friend is coming back. It's simple. Rather than advertising and then having to train everybody up each time. And that's a massive cost, advertising and training people, isn't it? It is. And and time for everybody involved. One of the mums, she worked for Dave's dad a long time ago and has got six children. Wow. And she's back literally full time. She's got six children. I know. Like, forget the
1: working. She's got six
2: children. I mean, I'd want to come and work here if I had six children.
1: <laughs> Literally, I mean, I'm there. That's crazy. The main point is it is a commercial decision, it's a sensible decision, and it's a mutually appreciated decision. And in talking to one of your girls, She was saying, look, I've got my my mum jobs and then I come in, I've got my six horses. They're like my six extra kids. You know, I would be literally mental if I was at home all the time. I'm a much better mother because I come here. I'm part of the team. I'm with like minded people. I'm challenged. I feel valued. You know, we all know that at home being a domestic goddess or domestic failure as I am is, you know, it, it is not. You know, we wish, we wish, we wish that it was completely 100% fulfilling, but it isn't. It's very challenging. And I would love it if I felt completely fulfilled by being at home with all my kids, looking after my husband. But unfortunately, um, I don't. I absolutely love it. And I love and I'm proud of my family. And I'm proud of, you know, my role within my family. But I know that I'm a better person in it for being out of it sometimes. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Mm. And I was going to ask
0: you, out You've got a busy life doing lots of different things, and when you've got the farming business, hospitality, TV, the events, you're doing loads of stuff in racing and the children. How easy do you find it to kind of switch on and off between professional and personal? Because I think that's something that other people talk about quite a lot of kind of having to make that almost like mental switch in, switch out. Yeah, I think
1: it's a really good shout. So I always. Well, as much as I can, I leave on a Friday. I've learned over the years, if I leave for racing on a Saturday, I'll try and do too many things before I go, and I'll arrive in the wrong headspace. And so, you know, I'll try and quickly muck out the ponies and sort out lunch and work, get drop someone somewhere and do something. And then I get to work, and I haven't done enough homework. Everybody else is sort of cruising around, and I'm literally like... "Eh." So I leave on a Friday which sometimes feels a bit indulgent and it means that the cost of sometimes getting childcare overnight and leaving my kids which I feel guilty about but if I'm going to do a job properly I have to give myself a bit of space from domesticness into work. I'm very different from anyone else on my team because they're all full-time in racing whereas I'm not you know I I turn up to work and I haven't done any TV or any racing most of the time between when I finish the last week and when I start the next week, whereas Rish or most people are doing stuff all week. It's their full-time job. And so that is definitely a big thing. In terms of headspace, then coming home, I have to really be disciplined about myself when I get home that, you know, I put my phone in the drawer. And I click straight back into being a mum because otherwise I get sucked into social media and crap and somebody's saying, I really like your hat today. Or, oh God, Pony Club Pim's drinking moron. uh, Who let her loose? I can't (laughs) listen to her anymore. She's such an idiot. (laughs) And then, you know, and and so I, I I sort of put my phone in the thing and I come back and I'm straight into reading a story and getting into being, you know, back to domestic life. And the girls have a ritual on a Saturday that they pull my fake eyelashes off. One has one eye, one has the other. And it sort of feels like it's like once they're off, then I'm back to, <laughs> back to the joys of the laundry and uh, tea and reading stories. So there definitely is. I think that is a thing. And I think I don't know about you, Leanne, but, you know, going racing is such, for me, is a real indulgence. And uh, actually a good girlfriend of mine gave me a, a real telling off last week. She said, it's your job. It's not an indulgence. It's your job. And I said, but it is also feels very selfish. It feels selfish because, you know, it's so nice. So you sort of feel a bit guilty about it because even though I'm earning a living, I feel guilty because it does feel very nice. And I sort of, and, I, and, and it makes things a little bit trickier for everybody at home by me going. But um, I need to get more kind of, um, into the current female way of thinking, which is that I deserve some meetings. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just not really in that headspace. I so I'm afraid I feel a bit guilty. If ITV racing was on a Thursday, I literally would have the dream job. But ITV racing being on a Saturday is quite a head scratcher. If you saw the list of, the, of 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 trying to sort out this weekend already, it's just like. Oh my god got christmas fair school gymkhana uh party match you know just like who's going to pick them up from where and what and when and how
0: and i was going to ask you both about that because when you've got multiple children and busy jobs busy lives working at the weekends having to go racing or loving to go racing how do you manage all of that from a, both a child care perspective and an organizational perspective. Al, you've already said like looking forward to this weekend. Is it just lists, spreadsheets, help? Kind of how do you how do you do all of that? I think a lot of people would look at you both and be like, Christ, they're doing it all. Oh, I could never do that.
1: Leanne, have you got a spreadsheet? I think everyone at home wishes I had a spreadsheet. Yeah, no, I'm
2: not. I'm not a spreadsheet kind of girl. I don't think. No. <laughs> mum, can you help me? <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit different. Um, because obviously it's it's Dave that has to be the face, so he's the one that goes racing all the time. I'm I'm the one back here holding fort. I'm lucky in that I'm the mum that goes and watches the matches. I can, you know. I ride out and as I say I'm helping with the office and if I want to go and watch a match this afternoon I can do that so I think I'm actually really lucky in my position but yeah other weekend Dave's no help he he can't help so and and really rudely my parents have been away um they went away on a holiday and they're away in Cornwall and I uh guys seriously <laughs> I need help Um, so luckily enough um, Gemma who is our secretary she will step in and pick up and um, yeah you know I'm lucky my mum and dad live not very like 10 minutes away so they'll always help but yeah no I'm completely different to Alan that I'm not the face Dave's the face
1: so he. the difference is is that in the week I'm full-time mum you know, I might change a couple of holiday lets, but 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 or poo pick a few paddocks. But basically, that's what I do. Whereas so I only have to get organized for Fridays and Saturdays, apart from obviously Cheltenham and Aintree. But um, so, you, you know, yours is much more full on because it's all the time. But then I don't have my mum 10 minutes away, which would be really nice. Although she did step in last weekend, which was thank God. And my my neighbour, because I've also got the added mystery at the moment of having no driving licence because for consistent misdemeanours, I am now off the road. Oh, Oh, that's frustrating. (laughs) It's been amazing because instead of feeling furious with my husband that he never does anything and that all he talks about is horses and watches himself riding horses and talks about horses, he's actually, he's been totally amazing. And he's having to do the school run. He's having to know which day would the children swim. He's having to, um, you know, it's like, oh, hang on, isn't today Emily 5.15 swimming? I nearly fell off my chair. And it's brilliant. It's been the best thing ever. I'm still instead of being snarly and horrible to him, I'm like really grateful. But I'm going, thank you so much. It's great. One of the things we've discussed is coming back
0: to riding after you've had children. And you've obviously both done a lot of riding for a really long time. How did you feel confidence-wise about coming back to riding and particularly riding racehorses in your situation, Leanne, after having kids and um, and, and physically as well? Um,
2: to be honest, I, I literally could not wait to get back riding out. That's nice. Yeah, you know, it, it clears your head and the exercise. Yeah, it's fab. Um, confidence, definitely not as confident as I was. But again you know with with riding you have to ride the not so nice ones to get better and and I think that also helps your confidence if you're riding one that's a bit tricky and you have and you do well you're like yes I can do this but I don't know if it's a positive or a negative um obviously because Dave is my husband if he puts me on something I don't like i mean, like I don't think so <laughs> so i literally ride the ones i want to ride so yeah my confidence isn't great if one starts getting a bit keen with me or messing around my first thought is oh my god who's going to pick the kids up what what if i broke my arm I, my my mind is overactive um so for me it's not what i want to do lots of the mums do and it's their thrill and they love it and and they like the challenge and you know but my challenge days are gone, but um, nothing better than getting on a horse.
1: Well, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I I definitely, I got very big through my pregnancies. Um, so sort of just fitting into the clothes, you know, that was a bit of a drama to start with, not being able to do my boots up or do up my zips and not being able to fit into my breeches. So that that was a sort of thing. I find, I don't know about you, Leanne, but being what I describe as the bloody wife here you have to kind of go above and beyond and it sounds one of the most challenging things I've found is that I've been very conscious about keeping working because William's job is William's job and where I feel I can support Hughie, and I have supported him a lot and I'm very proud of the contributions I've made I've also had to, to and I'm sure you do too Leanne Navigate a path where you're not in the way because you are constantly in the way. You're in the way of the head girl. You're in the way of the rider. You're in the way of the the owners. You're in the way. So it's trying to support the head lad, support the riders, ride when it's wanted, but not ride when someone else wants to ride the thing that you're riding because you're the bloody wife again. Make the sandwiches for the owners when they want the when they want it, but when they want your husband to themselves, they have him. Um, and so. For me, having babies, that has been the most challenging thing is when I felt very insecure uh, and and very isolated from having children because there's all this busy life going on around and, I, and I'm stationary in the middle and I'm wanting a bit of the world to stop with me, but it doesn't. That's the thing I found most challenging. So, you know, Will going to Berlin, Will saying things like, but you've never been needy before. And me going, well, I've never had a baby before. I've never sat in a house in the middle of Dorset on my own with nobody waiting for you to come back because the baby's screaming and I got mastitis and this is horrible. This is really horrible. And I know you're obviously a superhero and jump, jumps brilliantly, but you are also unfortunately a dad and therefore you've got to slightly alter your step as well. And that for me was probably the biggest challenge is how do I fit back into this maelstrom when my my pace is just my foot's just come off the accelerator and I need to get back in so I don't sort of get whirled round do you you know what I mean yeah no
2: I I know what you mean I'm lucky in that well we we didn't actually live in the house we do now but it's literally two minutes down the road so when when I did have the children especially Jack and Sophie I felt you know like you say you're isolated but I just put them in the buggy and come here and I could walk around and everyone wants to chat because, you know, we, we are like, I know it sounds a bit sad, but we are like a family. So they're all really pleased to see you and they want to have a little cuddle of the baby. And, you know, and I think at one point Dave actually said to me, come on then, when you're going to ride out? Not because he needed me to ride out, but he knew I needed to ride out. Um, so he's like, ask mum, um, his mum. So, you know, she would have the baby for an hour and i came out and just have a good old natter with everybody and feel like you're alive and and also the exercise that does you good as well doesn't it you know yeah no i was i
1: was really lucky in that yeah i think i think i was a bit postnatal so i think that that exactly the same i could have pushed the buggy down and when i did it was a good thing to do but somehow it felt like a big deal to do it i got quite um Bad about leaving the house and quite resentful of the fact that my life had stopped and his hadn't and, and i thought, funny enough, the biggest transition for me was no kids to one once once I'd sort of done that whole thing, then after that, I found it much easier, but no kids to one I found really, really difficult and suddenly I had led this completely selfish life and I and I, and I stopped and I had one I've always wanted kids I loved my baby but the transition for me was very challenging and did that just get easier with
0: time and more children Alice do you think it just sort of worked through it
1: um I think it's still a path of navigating, you know, I think it still is. And I think a lot of women in Leanne and my role, I mean, Leanne sounds like she's smashing it, but if you, you talk to a lot of trainers, wives or wives, you know, my husband's a professional athlete at 53. We, you know, we have a great life. We have a, we have a very frank um, relationship. You know, we have, we get, we get on great, but you know, being a professional athlete at 53 is very selfish. There aren't many professional athletes that have four kids. So I, I I would have assumed that he would have stopped by now. You know, we were talking about his retirement in 2012. And then, you know, Chile, Chile came along and then he won badminton again and then he had his fall and then... And we're still going. It is challenging to navigate a family around that. And that's, again, why, you know, I feel sometimes a bit subconscious about my work because I'm challenging him on what he's doing. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing that because actually... I'm being very selfish doing my job too. But he, he, you know, he is transitioning. And I, but I, but I think if you talk to, if you've got a lot of different trainers' wives on, it is not an easy role to navigate being a trainer's wife or I'm effectively a trainer's wife here really. Because, you're you're an integral part, and the trainers. You know, you see so many trainers whose career nosedives when their personal life goes to pieces. Yeah, that's so true. And you see so many brilliant women like Leanne, like Izzy Beckett, like Ann Lisa Balding, like so many brilliant women who are a really integral part of the success of their husbands. But it, but in my mind, don't get any credit. I mean, I interviewed a trainer's wife once it was really interesting I wanted to do this piece about the trainer's wife and I said oh you know you, you look so busy here and she goes oh well you know sometimes I feel like I, I I do help you know by chatting to the owners and you know you could see her sort of thinking I don't want to overplay my part I mustn't big myself up too much because obviously it's nothing to do with me it's all right. and then um I, <laughs> I interviewed the trainer about her and he's like well what do you want me to say and I was like, "Well, why don't you say, you know, behind every great man there's a great woman." Give him I'd be nothing without her. Yeah, tell me how brilliant your wife is. And he goes, "Well, you know, I suppose everybody needs a cat to kick." Oh God! And I was like, "No, I, I think let's start that again." That's not what we're trying to get across. And eventually, he was like, "You know," he said, and he and you know he was being he was sort of being funny, but. But he wasn't, and I thought, you know it's a very difficult role. it's a great lifestyle from the outside, but from the inside, when you're usually experienced in the area, you've got a good brain, most trainers' wives have got some kind of experience in the industry, so feel they can contribute you know it's a very difficult one to do, not to feel like you are the bloody wife and you're in the way and i and it's a I think it's I think it's really interesting when you when you look around and you see how many good girls there are there and how much recognition they really get not enough I'd say
0: It was interesting so um in the second episode of this podcast we talked to Claire Kubler who obviously is in a joint training license with her husband now and I think one of the things she mentioned was since they've come into play they are the only partnership husband wife whatever
1: that's come up I think it'll come though I think you know it's very it's very early days of that and I think it will come because there's no doubt it there's no doubt it'll come. I mean, I'm not saying everybody wants it from your point of view Leanne, it wouldn't necessarily be what you would want no, definitely not i I wouldn't want his job for
2: all the tea in china. no way, no way i mean the the part that everybody sees is the shiny, happy bit, and as you know, with horses they they're a bit like sheep and they like to injure themselves and you know and then the owners i I personally find that the hardest part. I'm going racing because they don't want to talk to me. They want to talk to Dave. I find it exhausting going racing. I feel at home here, running the yard and everything else. But no, I I couldn't claim to be doing half of what he does. My, my job is more supporting him to make him better at his job. I'm the one that when things aren't going right, say, right, we're going away for the night. He's like, what? no you know we need some downtime you need to just I'm not exaggerating and I'm sure there's lots and lots of trainers in the same boat but he hasn't slept past five thirty quarter to six since the summer in August when we went on holiday and that would have been the same year before like every single day of the week and I wouldn't want to do that <laughs> no
1: way but i think there's that's what we're saying isn't it that it's important in life that there are that there are roles that being happy in your role whether that's as a mother as a working mother as um as a wife as a you know as a partner in a business that is one of the biggest challenges for women i think and it doesn't mean that you're any less or you don't get respected or for me now my biggest challenge at the moment is to look for satisfaction myself and not look to my husband or my children or my job to give me fulfillment and and it, that's the lesson I'm learning I'm hoping as I'm coming to 50 is that no one person or one thing makes you happy you know you, you are only, You're the, you can only control what you can control and um you know, I felt quite strongly that perhaps my husband ought to look at, you know, changing direction with his career. But it's not for me to control that. And it's not up to me. That's, that's my biggest takeaway. It's the same with my job. I used to look to sort of Ed Chamberlain or someone to go, Well done, it's great interview. Oh my God. You really got that out. And, and I, they're, they're all wrapped up in themselves. Of course, they're not going to tell me I've just done a great interview. I know if it's okay or not. And if it's okay, Good and if it's not, just think about a better question next time. Doesn't isn't the defining factor for me, and it shouldn't be. And I think that's what Leanne's saying. You know, she knows what she contributes to that. Doesn't need a name on a license. And just for the
0: record, Al, I think you have really lovely rapport with everyone that you interview, which I think is the hallmark of your <laughs> interviews. And I, especially the jockeys, I think you have the loveliest, almost
1: kind of warm, casual relationship that's hard to achieve. Very kind. Some something's obviously right somehow survived a a long time and it's a it's a fairly shambolic I feel like I'm sort of like Bridget Jones or something but but you know the thing is is the great thing for me is my job isn't about me it's about telling the stories of other people and that's why Leanne's piece that she did with us the other day was so great because um, it was just wonderful women telling great stories and that that's why it's fun to do my job.
0: That's it for today. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to follow the podcast to receive all new episodes as they land. It would really help us if you could rate the podcast and leave a review telling us what you'd like to hear about. This is a resource for you and everyone in the industry, and we'd love to hear from you. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. So see you then.